Christian novelist, conservative novelist, or just a novelist? Let's think about this. Hey friends, welcome to the Press Club C Podcast. I'm Ray Keating. In this 47th episode, we're going to talk about writing novels. And if one is a conservative or a Christian or both, and some ideas or principles based on one's faith and philosophy make it into those books, should you identify yourself as a conservative or Christian novelist or as just a plain old novelist? In my case, a writer of thrillers and mysteries. But before we get fully into this, let's quickly answer that key question once more. What the heck is the Press Club C anyway? Each letter stands for stuff we talk about in these various episodes. P is for politics. R is for religion, mainly Christianity. E is for economics. S, sports. That second S is for stories. Books and writing, my own books, other books, fiction, nonfiction, reviews, etc., uh, C is for culture, pop culture and otherwise. L is for life, the big catch-all. U is for understanding, lessons in all sorts of areas, history, education, economics, and so on. B is for business and entrepreneurship. And that final C in Press Club C is conservative. Why? Because I am one. And these days, you have to really identify what kind of conservative you are. So I'm a Reagan, Kemp, Buckley, Coolidge, Lincoln, Madisonian kind of conservative. There you go. Now, speaking of conservative, let's talk about this novelist thing um, and whether, uh, you know, a, a novelist should refer to himself as, you know, if he happens to be a conservative, a conservative novelist, a Christian novelist, or just a novelist. Um, I got into this, I was recently on a, a panel discussion with a bunch of conservatives who've written novels. So it was an interesting discussion. And, uh, but it got me thinking about, you know, whether this is a good idea or not to identify, you know, to specifically call yourself, for example, a conservative novelist or a Christian novelist. Um, and there were all sorts of reasons why this panel was put together and it was fine. It was a good panel. The person running it, I've known for years, good guy. Um, you know, and there's, there's, uh, frustration among conservatives these days in a lot of areas. And one is, you know, the fact that publishing is, uh, you know, a very liberal industry. Um, and that, you know, some conservatives feel like that's a disadvantage. Now, my counter to that would be that technology has blown it all up, is blowing up a good portion of publishing and opening doors for all sorts of novelists, whether you're liberal, conservative, Christian, atheist, or whatever. Um, you're able now to um, get your book out to people. You're able to write, publish, print, make Kindle editions, ebook editions, and get it out. People let them know that you're there uh, in a way that was unimaginable before. So technology very much is the novelist's friend. Now, just to backtrack a little bit, rundown of my books. You know, I I write the Pastor Stephen Grant thrillers and mysteries. Um, the fifteenth book in the series uh, can pre be pre-ordered right now. That's uh, That book is called What's Lost? A Pastor Stephen Grant short story. The first one was published back in 2010, Warrior Monk, a Pastor Stephen Grant novel. Um, uh, the two most recent ones before What's Lost, uh, Vatican Shadows 
a Pastor Stephen Grant novel and Past Lives, a Pastor Stephen Grant short story. The one before Vatican Shadows, by the way, is called The Traitor, a Pastor Stephen Grant novel. And I bring that up because you can actually, I mean, my goodness, I urge that you read all 15 and give them to all your friends. Um, but there's also a, a, like a mini trilogy in here that you can find. And you don't have to read the books in order, by the way. It helps. There are pluses. But you don't have to. Each book is a standalone. However, there's like a mini series in here, what I call my Lutheran Catholic series. And it starts with Warrior Monk. And then you can leap ahead and, and read The Traitor and then Vatican Shadows. And they kind of tie together this, this Lutheran Catholic line that goes through these uh, three books. But anyway, there, there are all sorts of other ones. The River, for example, deals with uh, a kidnapping in Las Vegas and uh, Murderer's Row is about uh, murders happening in the baseball arena. But anyway, they all revolve around uh, Stephen Grant, who was a Navy SEAL. He went on to be a CIA operative, and then he left all of that behind, and he became a Lutheran pastor um, at a church on Long Island. But eventually, but he didn't really leave that old life fully behind, um, and his his old life actually comes forward into his new life, uh, and we get all sorts of interesting, exciting adventures, uh, and so on as a result. So, in terms of what we're talking about here, um, you know, conservative, I, I would put it as conservatives writing novels, or Christians writing novels, or if you want to say, you know, go on the other side, liberals writing novels, or atheists writing novels. Um, what's the point of what you're doing? That's kind of the big question that comes up here. Um, I, and I dealt with this warrior monk, the second edition of, I, I, I did a second edition with a new author's introduction and then also a new epilogue. And I dealt with this question in the introduction to the second edition of warrior monk. Um, you know, what's the point? Why did you write this book? And my answers tie in, not just to warrior monk, but the subsequent 14 books as well. Um, and, and I answer this question by talking about a set of rules that I have that, you know, I try to stick to um, while writing uh, these novels. So first, and, and I would argue most important, is that my goal is to write an, ex an, you know, an interesting book, an exciting, intriguing, entertaining story, um, you know, that depending on what I'm doing within each story or the overarching theme itself, you know, depending on what's needed, you know, it includes action. They include action and humor and friendship and, and romance and tension and temptation and suspense and, and honor and all those things. So that's number one is to just to write a good entertaining engrossing story. That's, that's the main objective here. And I think that should be the main objective of any novelist. If you come in, with something else at the top of the list, I think your your work is probably going to to suffer. Um, number two on my set of rules, if you will, that I try to stick to, often fail, but I try to, is um, you know to offer reader readers interesting characters. Um, you know whether the the character is somebody to root for, or somebody that you despise, somebody that you sympathize with, perhaps somebody you aspire to, right? Somebody that you you look up to, you'd like, hey, I'd like to be more like that person. Uh, or somebody that just fascinates the reader. So all of those um, things are in the mix when you're talking about characters and getting character development right and so on. So that's number two. So number one's a good story, engrossing story. Number two is interesting characters. Uh, number three is... 
Um, one of the things that I've noticed over the years reading, and by the way, my dog is barking in the background. I don't know if you can hear that, but if you can, well, that's Jenna. Um, so number three is, is, um, <clears throat> writing dialogue, writing dialogue is very, very hard to do. Um, and I know as a reader that stilted or silly dialogue is, um, it's tough to digest. It's tough to get into. Um, it's just very, very difficult to, um, enjoy the story if, you know, if the, the dialogue doesn't work. So I try to make sure that the dialogue is as realistic, um, and natural as possible. Um, and, and the exchanges between characters are also very natural. Um, and they just work, uh, like a conversation, uh, would. So, <clears throat> that's number three. Number four is um, the, the plot holes, right? I mean, it, you obviously want to avoid plot holes. Um, it's always bewildering when people, um, you know, when you, you have you have hundreds of millions of dollars, for example, spent on movies. Um, and nonetheless, you often wind up with plot holes that you could fly, you know, as I put it, the USS Enterprise through the plot holes. So, that's bewildering to me. Um, you know, nobody's perfect in terms of uh, their books um, and their movies and so on. But you got to really work hard. I always try to work hard to make sure there are no big plot holes uh, in the story. So those are the, the 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 key things. And then the last one is finally, you know, with Warrior Monk and and my other pastor Stephen Grant adventures, they obviously rest on a a Christian foundation. Um, so. You know, the, the book, each book has a, a tone and a message, if you will, that is positive toward uh, Christianity. Now, you know, I thought that was important, given my faith, and, and this is the area that I, you know, the kind of story that I wanted to tell. Um, and, you know, there's larger issues in terms of popular culture, um, um, you know, including novels, television, and movies that, that you know, that either, you know, they, they either rank as hostile toward or dismissive of, uh, of Christianity. So these are all, um, facts that, that come into my storytelling now, you know, <clears throat> but they serve, well, let me get into first off, you know, some people might deny that they have a perspective, uh, coming, uh, at various issues, uh, they have a perspective on various issues in their stories, but they do. I think all writers do have something to say, at least at some point along the way through their storytelling. Um, after all, you know, each of us, as I write in this introduction uh, to Warrior Monk, we all have our principles and beliefs that that guide our lives and our actions and, and quite frankly, our storytelling, the types of stories that we tell, um, the types of characters and, and the actions and what happens. Um, so... But when it comes to those types of issues for my novels, um, they, they have to serve the story, right? It can't be the other way around. Um, so, I, you know, I have some criteria when dealing with this. You know, number one is do not hit people over the head with a two-by-four in terms of your message. Um, you know, I often think of Ayn Rand, and she was she had people over the head with a two-by-four over and over and over again in her uh, in her fiction. Um, and also don't let earnestness and that, you know, if you, if you want to break out genres, you know, if you look at Christian fiction, there's a lot of earnestness in Christian fiction, um, that 
that lead to the you know the, it, they tr- it trumps the the telling of an enjoyable story, and it also turns the dialogue into some some very you know stilted, unnatural sounding stuff. So that's um, something that I try to avoid. Uh, and again, when, when you're when there's if you want to if there's a message in there, you you want to make sure it's appropriate um, to the story. Um, and that it, again, it serves the, the story well. Um, and, and you definitely don't want to disrupt the, the tale that you're telling, right? With a speech or a commercial, um, uh, for a cause. So all the, those are all the things that I try to, uh, make sure that I deal with or I avoid, you know, how, it, you know, you get the idea here. I mean, sometimes I fail, but I, I, I try to give it a shot, um, you know, and, and listen, I, I'll, I'll read this. I mentioned this in the panel, um, that I did on this topic. There was a person that wrote a review of, of warrior monk over at goodreads.com. Um, and it really gave me tremendous encouragement. Um, because the, the reviewer was definitely did definitely did not come, did not have this hold the same worldview as me. Right. So I'll just read this quick take that this person offers. Um, he writes, I should probably hate this book. The hero's political and rich religious attitudes are conservative, yet the book was well-written and a lot of fun to read. It was the literary equivalent of a James Bond movie. Boy, does that show my age. I know what is happening is so improbable to impossible, but it is so cool. And he puts that so cool in all caps. Now, first off, I obviously appreciate a review like that, but the fact that it's coming from somebody that, you know, disagrees with my, if you will, my perspective means that I succeeded. I, I hope I succeeded in, in, you know, meeting those criteria and rules, criteria and rules that I laid out earlier. Um, so, you know, the idea again, that somebody would disagree with my, my, the views held, for example, by the main character, but still find enjoyment in the book is, is, is just great. Um, so having said all of that, the back to this idea of a label classification or genre. Now I understand there are genres and you know, not nothing new there. Um, but is it a plus or a minus for a, you know, a conservative or Christian such as myself to come out of the box and lead with, you know, this is my conservative novel. This is my Christian novel. Um, I don't, you know, I don't think so. I mean, you know, I've gone back and forth on this and, and there is, I'm not saying that across the board because I will, I will open the door to, to some issues, but I mean, I think overarching, no, you want stories, you want your stories, you want your books read far and wide, right? Number one. So I want everybody to read my books, quite frankly. Um, number two is the ideas that are presented in the books. Um, I want to engage again, everyone. I don't want to preach to the choir. I think a lot of people are very comfortable doing that, right? A lot of Christian fiction is just preaching to the choir. Um, so I want people to engage and discuss these ideas. Maybe they'll learn something. I don't, I don't uh, presume that, you know, that they will, but maybe they will. Um, so that, that is all how I view it in terms of what I would like to see happen. So I think when you, when you go hard in terms of saying this is this type of genre, I think you limit yourself, limit your audience. Um, and plus my, my style of book, um, 
is definitely not your, you know, your, uh, your typical, certainly not your typical Christian fiction in terms of what happens and the characters and, and, uh, and some of the language used, I don't go overboard with that, but there's, there's some, there's a little bit of saltiness in there once in a while. Um, so it doesn't neatly fit, I think, into many of the genres, except for the wider ones, the larger ones, right? You know, my books are thrillers or, and or mysteries, right? I mean, there, there are two or three that are clearly mysteries, um, maybe four and, and the other ones more clearly fit into the, the thriller genre. Um, so I want to keep the door open to, to as many readers as possible. Um, so having said that though, <clears throat> you know, I mentioned, uh, uh, technology before being a friend to authors and novel, including novelists. Um, and the wonderful thing about, about technology in terms of marketing your books. And listen, if you are, if you are a novelist and you're not marketing your books, unless you've got a big publisher doing it for you, if you are either an indie pub, uh, indie writer, indie publisher, such as myself, or you're working with a very small publishing house, you better be public. You better be marketing your books because nobody else is going to be doing it. Um, but what's nice about, you know, things like Facebook, for example, and Google and even Amazon in terms of the uh, the ability to affordably uh, advertise and market your books um, is a tremendous advantage. But you also, the affordability factor comes in because you're able to zero in on certain audiences. So, you know, for example, I, I can do a, uh, a, a campaign um, to general mystery thriller readers, right? Fantastic. But I also can zero in on, for example, some conservatives, right? That, that I know will enjoy this character immensely. Um, so I can zero in my targeting, my, adver- my advertising targets, on conservatives. I could do the same thing with, with Christians. I mean, you know, pastor Stephen Grant's a Lutheran, so I can zero in on Lutherans. So being able to target your market, I think is a tremendous advantage. Um, and it all, it, it doesn't, um, it allows you to, to reach those narrow, narrower markets without losing the larger market, whereby I think in the past, that might be the case if you just call yourself, you know, a Christian novelist or a conservative novelist or, you know, as I said, liberal or an atheist novel, atheistic novelist. So you get my point. So the bottom line is, um, you know, my belief is just be a novelist, right? Tell a good story, offer good characters, um, all those things I mentioned before. And then, you know, we all do probably have something to say. If you have something to say, just make sure it serves the story. That's the key. Right. Don't hit again. Don't hit people over the head with a two by four. And I think readers appreciate that. I mean, when I take my writing hat off and put on my reader hat, um, that's what I'm looking for. I'm not looking for, um, you know, an overt political statement. And my goodness, I'm tired of all that stuff. I'm exhausted by it. I mean, my other, you know, I'm an economist and I work in the public policy arena and so on. And, and, you know, sometimes that stuff is just exhausting. You turn to fiction, you're you're not looking for your day-to-day politics. I don't think most people are. There are some, of course, but, um, I think that that doesn't serve you well as a, as a novelist and as a reader, I, I don't appreciate it. So, um, so bottom line is, I think is just be a novelist. If you're out there, or if you're thinking about becoming a novelist, just do it, write, um, Good stories with great characters uh, and market far and wide. But what's nice, again, take advantage of technology so that you can do the far and wide and the particular 
reach particular markets as well. Hey, listen, I'm excited. I've been doing this stuff since 2010. I think it's a tremendously exciting time to be a novelist, even as, you know, yes, I understand that probably fewer people read than in the than in recent times, which is discouraging. But in terms of being able to reach the readers out there, it, it's, it's a, it's an exciting time. Technology is empowering um, we novelists in ways that that just couldn't even be imagined before. So good stuff. I hope uh, you guys as as readers will enjoy uh, the Pastor Stephen Grant thrillers and mysteries. Please check them out from uh, the first one, Warrior Monk, all the way through the latest What's Lost that can be pre-ordered now uh, in the Kindle edition over at Amazon.com. Um, all of my books are in paperback and in the Kindle edition uh, over at Amazon.com. And also you can get signed books. I will be more than happy to sign your books at just go over to raykeatingonline.com and you can order books there, sign books, and I'll throw my John Hancock on it and shoot them right out to you. Um, listen, thanks for listening. Your feedback and suggestions are always welcome. Uh, check out some of my other books. You know, I do nonfiction books. Uh, Behind Enemy Lines is a, a uh, collection of my essays far and far and wide. I cover many, many, many topics. Um, also check out free trade rocks. Um, uh, I've got some columns by myself and other people over at keatingfiles.com. Um, check out my other podcasts, a free enterprise in three minutes. Although also the daily dose of Disney, which is tied into my Disney website, disneybizjournal.com. So, Hey, listen, I hope you enjoy some of the stuff I do. I hope you enjoy all of it. Um, and I just hope you enjoy reading. Thanks so much, and God bless.